Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. The title of the message is Friends for Life. Friends for Life. I think of all the people that I've known over the 40 some odd years that I've been on this planet, And I can say that although there have been thousands of people that I've known, only few of them I can really call friends. I have hundreds of family members, scores of people that are close to me like family, but only few can I really say are friends. Friends are a high premium at a high premium these days because it's almost unlikely that you can find somebody that you can trust or that you can know to where you can call them a friend. Now, when I was a child, we often had people in the neighborhood we played with. And as we grew older, we come to realize that those people weren't necessarily our friends. My mother told me that, but I didn't necessarily believe that. I thought that everybody who gave me some candy, everybody who let me ride their bike, everybody who got in trouble when I got in trouble was my friend. How many know that's not true? Now that we are adults, the Bible says that when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, and I did childish things. But when I became an adult, I put away those childish things. And now I realize that friendships are important. In fact, today is dedicated to friendships. Today is dedicated to understanding the friendship that God has for us through his son, Jesus Christ, and also the friendships that we have with one another. If you are a guest today because you've been invited by a friend, consider yourself blessed. But we're the ones that's blessed because we invited you and you came. We're the ones who's blessed because you reciprocated the invitation to be called or counted among our friends. I'm going to cut to the chase and get right to the message that it relates to Jesus Christ and how our relationship with Jesus Christ is an example of friendship. But I want to say that the friendship of Jesus is unique. The friendship of Jesus is unique. Oftentimes it's imitated, but it is never duplicated. I try to be a friend like Jesus, but I can't quite get it. You try to say that you are a Christian and you do what Christians do, but how many would be willing to say that in your life as a Christian, you've done some things that were not so Christian-like? How many can say that you try to love like God loves and you love like Jesus loves, but when the tough gets going or when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Our friendships are oftentimes questionable. Our ability to represent the one who we say we're friends with is oftentimes doubted. Sometimes we are embarrassed or we are ashamed to invite people or to call people into this part of our lives because we say that we're friends with God and we're also friends with the world. When I say the world, I use it in a context of those who may or may not know God. I'm not advocating that all of the people in your life have to be Christians like you, but everybody in your life should know that you are a Christian. Everybody in your life should beyond a shadow of a doubt classify you as one of those Jesus people. How many don't mind being classified as one of those Jesus people? How many not afraid or embarrassed or ashamed to say, you know, there have been some Jesus people and there's been some not so Jesus people. And when I weigh it all up, I'd rather be one of those counted among the Jesus people because of a true relationship, because of my understanding that Jesus loved me so much that he died and he gave his life for me. 
that I'm not afraid, nor I am ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because I've come to know that it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not afraid or I'm not ashamed or not embarrassed because although there have been some Jesus people that didn't act so much like Jesus people, it is my quest and my endeavor to be as much like Jesus as I can possibly be as long as I'm on this planet. Now, when we have that kind of boldness and that kind of faith and we live right where we are, you don't have to worry about somebody coming to you saying, why don't you practice what you preach? Because you're busy preaching what you practice. I want to make everybody at ease and feel just a little bit more comfortable. Take a deep breath and let it out. Just we all have that in common. You can take a deep breath and let it out. We all have in common that we have made some mistakes. We've made some errors. We've literally failed in some of the things that we've attempted to do. We may have even tried to be a really good friend and didn't do a good job of that. But I can say that we have an example. We have someone who is completely perfect, completely mature, completely developed as an example of what it means to be a true friend. And we're going to look at his life just for a minute. I want us to think for a moment about what it means to be a friend for life. We can be a friend for a period of time and then that friendship ends. But I want to advocate that there should be a friendship that lasts a lifetime. There should be a connection somehow, a bond with someone of great significance and great importance that no matter what, there is going to be a bond and a connection. Let's go to John, the 15th chapter real quick. I want to show you a couple of passages of scripture in the 15th chapter of the gospel. According to St. John, Jesus's life is exemplified. In fact, it's toward the end of his life. And he's sharing with his disciples that he is connected to his father. And if they're going to be his friends, they are going to be connected to his father as well. Because the relationship that Jesus Christ afforded them, and I'm going to talk about the anatomy of a friendship in just a minute. The relationship that he afforded them was because of the relationship that he has with God. So he was not ashamed to be called God's son. He was not ashamed, although the obscurity of his birth and the questionableness of the the, the legitimacy of Joseph being his father. We knew Mary was his mother. Jesus was confident in that he was doing what his father said and he wanted all his friends to know. Do you have that testimony to? day that you are confident that you are doing what your father God has called you to do. And you're willing to share that with your disciples, your friends, the people you influence, the people who hang out with you, the people who uh, call forth dead friends like Lazarus, the people who raise those who were dead and heal those who were sick, the friends that can help you to feed 5,000 people with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Jesus had friends too. And those friends watched and those friends were partakers of a friendship that as we look at it was in every sense of the word natural, but also in every sense of the word spiritual. So what does that imply? That implies that every friendship that we have should be both natural as well as spiritual. So that just isolates a whole lot of people from your life in the gospel. According to St. John, the 15th chapter, starting at the first verse, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husband man and every branch in me that bears not fruit. He takes away and every branch that bears fruit. He purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. 
And he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch that is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it should be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you may bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. This is Jesus talking. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Can we read the 13th verse together? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now listen to this. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I commanded you. So from here on out, I won't call you servants anymore because the servant doesn't know what his Lord is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and I ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask of my father in my name, that he will give it unto you. He says, but these things I say to you that you would love one another. So Jesus compels us through his testament of being friends and being connected to his father that that we are just simply bridges or we are the connectors to the true vine. We are the connectors as Jesus is the connector to God. So are we the connectors to Jesus Christ for our friends? Jesus didn't compel the disciples to do anything that he didn't show first by example. No more should we expect our friends to do anything other than what we have shown first by example. I want to show you in the Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Let's check that out and see what it says as it relates to us being friends or having friends. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verse number 24, verse number 24. What does it say? A man that has friends must first show himself friendly. Notice I said must first because the law of sowing and reaping goes without saying whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And in order to have friends, you must have already shown yourself to be a friend. Stop and think about this for a minute. God was uh, in, in the beginning, the creator of all things. And he created mankind with the understanding and the idea that he would have some friends among them. Now, not everybody on this planet is a friend of God, but I do know a few people that we could probably classify by characteristics and traits that they are considered God's friends. We know that Abraham is a friend of God. We know that David was a friend of God. We know that Esther was shown favor of God. And we know that there are so many people in the Bible that were friends. Jesus Christ himself in his relationship with the disciples by virtue of his relationship made them friends of God, except Judas. Judas started out a friend and ended up a foe or a fool. How many know that's the same thing? A fool is a foe as a foe is a fool. And if we classify the friends, the friends and the fools, the fools or the foes, the foes, we can 
isolate ourselves from ignorance, darkness, and we can walk in truth and light. And most of all, we can walk in love. A man that has friends, a woman that has friends, a child that has friends shows themselves friendly. It's not science. It's not a mystery. It's not darkly hidden in this. Look at the scripture very closely. It simply says in order to have friends, you got to be a friend. If you're not a friend, you don't get friends. Now, that's an interesting principle. I mean, wow, deep, philosophical. It's almost poetic. In order to be counted a person who has friends, you must be counted as a friend. You can relate to having people who are interconnected in so many different ways, a set of friends that happen to be siblings or a set of friends that are unrelated but grew up together, have known each other since the cradle and known each other through elementary, high school. And you're connected to them in some kind of way because their friends become your friends and your friends become their friends. Where we mess up oftentimes is that we confuse the need to have friends with the ability to be a friend. We confuse those. We confuse it oftentimes because we expect that if you are my friend and I need five dollars, you're going to give me five dollars because you're my friend. Right. You're going to expect that if I'm your friend and you have a flat tire or you run out of gas that you call me, I'm going to show up and that right early, as they would say, because we're friends. Right. What about greater sacrifice? What about the sacrifice of a friend that's willing to stop doing something that hinders your growth in your life? What about a friend who says, you know what, I'm not being a very good friend because I'm not there for them to change them. A friend is somebody who sharpens you, someone who changes your life in some kind of way. Now, if a friend is not changing your life in the positive, then he or she must be changing your life in the negative. Now, think of the friendships that you have had in your life. Can you say that you've had friends that have not been so positive and they have not necessarily been the ones that uh, have led you in the right direction? You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nation's Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the Scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.